Welcome to Calvin's Corner. My name's Phil Nasons. He's Pastor Michael Noonan, and we'd like to welcome you to the Christian show, like, unlike, I should say, any Christian show that you've ever heard. Michael, what's happening today, my friend? Good morning, and uh, Chester's with us also. Of course um, he is. What's up, Chester? Giving his commentary in the background. Yep, so if there's any cats listening... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this... <laughs> We're trying. We're trying to expand our audience. Well, we have to these days because anytime we talk about immigration, we we have to rebuild the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. Yeah, but it's okay. Yeah. It's all good. It really is. Our sponsors are very upset with us, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so it's yeah. all good. As... We have a fantasy baseball draft coming up, dude. Are you ready yet? Have you prepared? I will. All right. <laughs> I. I, I'm in a couple leagues this year, and it's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be real interesting. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I enjoy it. Uh, it's a nice distraction from the rest of life, and uh, I'll try and be ready. I think you will be. You always are. Chester's upset because he's not playing this year. Well, he can be your co-pilot, the co-manager. Yeah, see that, Chester. Okay, never mind. Yeah, he's fired up over there. But uh, we play in a league, for those of you who probably have no idea what we're talking about, with um, Matt Redmond, and that's fun. All those guys are pastors, too, so it's pretty interesting. Except for me, of course. It's the cleanest league I've ever been in. You ain't lying there. Because usually the repartee between people in fantasy leagues is... um, it starts at profane and goes downhill from there. Oh yeah, the F word goes a flowing, but not in this league. And th- those guys, I got to tell you though, some of them are very witty with each other, and they rip each other. It's a lot of fun. Yes, and they're good. They're good players. I think so. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm glad Matt let me back in the league again this year. So, bottom line is, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. But I've been preparing for a while now because I'm in a couple other leagues, like I said, and I have no choice. So I usually prepare like the day of the draft, but I can't do it now. So I have to, I have to do those things. I have to be ready. So uh, I'm no fantasy baseball celebrity, so I have to work hard. And when yeah. I when I lose, I I have to say I'm sorry. Yeah, I have to work at this football. I can do in my sleep. I can't baseball is a whole different ball game. See, I'm so more. To speak. Yeah, see, I'm a. Yeah. I'm a basketball guy. That's what everyone tells me. But uh, it's like this. I, I can do all the sports if I want to. I just don't have the time. But um, I'll tell you, I don't know where Christian celebrities find the time to uh, write books, preach, um, heal the blind, or heal the sick, cure the blind, uh, pronounce uh, everyone healed, and tell people all they need is Jesus, and all these other things. And I think that you got your dander up on your website, michaelnewnham.com, the other day. And I thought it was very well done, my friend. Thank you. Um, It's gotten some traction. Uh, And sometimes that traction's been left tire tracks (laughs) over the top of me. Right, sure. But the the point of the article was that as one of my uh, friends said, Christian pastors really need to stay in their lane. 
uh, we're not doctors. We're not psychiatrists. We're not psychologists. We're not counselors, um, except to a very limited degree. And when we make pronouncements about things like how to handle mental illness, right? we're putting people at risk. We're, we're putting people at the risk of not getting the treatment, not getting the care that they need to get because they trust in us. Uh, they think that because we, in a way, represent God once a week <laughs> right. to people, that we have a special connection to God. And therefore, everything that we say is tinged with authority uh, from on high. It's not true. It's, it's not true. And, and, and as I, I said in the... I'm just going to read you what I said in the article. Okay. Um, my expertise is limited. And I'm as broken and fallible as you are. In some ways, maybe more so. I don't know how to fix your sex life, raise your kids, manage your finances, or treat your ills. I'm not even that good at what I'm trained to do. My job is to help you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus, just as I'm growing as well. My job is to be present when you need me to the best of my ability. My job is to pray with and for you, that God would give you wisdom about the problems that are beyond the scope of my expertise, which are most of them. Sometimes my job is to give you a referral to someone I trust can help you. And my job is never to make you think more highly of me than I am. And all of this was in response to an article that caused a bunch of stuff online from John Piper's ministry, um, hinting that mental health issues could be cured by just changing the way you think. Uh, you know, it's the old saw that, that we've heard over the years. You know, if you just pray more, read your Bible more, do, do religious things more, then you won't be depressed anymore, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And when I talk to people on an issue like this, I'm talking outside my training, hmm. I'm talking outside my expertise, and a lot of the times I'm talking out my butt. Right. There, there's the bottom line. And, you know, the root of this is, is how do how we think about pastors and how do pastors think about themselves? My scope is really limited. I'm trained in theology. Uh, I'm trained in liturgy. That's what I'm being trained in right now. And my, my job, if we're going to look at it from a, you know, define it, in a more modern way, is spiritual formation. Mm -hmm. Okay? Right. The old way of defining uh, ministry and reform circles, which I think has a lot of credence, is I'm here to teach you how to die well. That, in and of itself, is more than I can handle. And in my own field, I'm constantly reading, constantly learning, constantly 
looking at how I view certain things because I'm growing too. I'm in the midst of spiritual formation just like you are. And what I'm hoping is, is I'm uh, far enough ahead on the road that I can show you where the potholes are. And that's kind of what you're supposed to be. You know, woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. And that is sums up these celebrities, a lot of them anyway. Well, and, and celebrity comes from a, <clears throat> a thought that because you have a large church or a large platform, that that means you're successful. And your success has come because God has blessed your work. If that's the basis of success, then the Mormons are very successful in the eyes of God. <laughs> so are the Muslims. And the Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, of course. Success in the Christian life, and especially for pastors, boils down to two things. Faithfulness and love. And actually switch those positions. Because it's the love of God, the love of truth, the love of people that produces the faithfulness that enables you to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil and do what you are appointed to do in terms of pastoral ministry. But when I use that authority, uh, the authority I have as standing in the place of Christ to pronounce the forgiveness of sins, for example, am I forgiving the sins? No, I'm just pronouncing what God has already done. But that's where my authority ends. And I don't know how to uh, address your mental health issues except to provide spiritual comfort and spiritual guidance and refer you to the best therapists and psychologists and psychiatrists in town. That's my job. Not to give you my personal advice, because I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> exactly, huh? Well, Phil, in so many of these areas that pastors have somehow assumed over the years, we don't know what we're talking about. If you have problems in your sex life, I don't, that's, no, uh-uh. <laughs> that's that's outside of my ability to to help you. Right. You need, you need a good therapist. Yes, you do. What do you say to people? What is all this? What is Christian counseling? What is that supposed to be, really? I really have issues with the whole idea, especially because. There's a large percentage of pastors who have no formal education at all, let alone in counseling. Um, 
but what it is again is this implied authority. Hmm. I I'm with God, uh, and therefore I have the wisdom and knowledge of God to pass on to you, you you know, blind and dumb sheep. Hmm. And we convince people that we have that authority. And we don't want to tell people, um, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea what to do about your situation. That's outside of what I do. Instead, what we do is go, oh, yeah, let's get you scheduled. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get you in for an appointment. Right. And we pretend like we're doing you some good. Which you're not. You know, this is the thing that bothers me about all that. Let's say, for example, I come to you and I say, guess what? I'm an alcoholic. And you say to me, all you need is Jesus. Okay. So now the next day when I get frustrated and flustered and I've been trying or whatever, and I go and bust open the cap on the bottle and hammer it, I'm going to feel doubly worse. Because one, I'm going to feel like I let myself down. And two, more importantly, I didn't have enough faith because all I needed was Jesus to make that happen. Or three, Jesus didn't love me enough to take it away from me. There's a very good point right there. So many people that suffer with things like this, with alcoholism, mental illness, other addictions, uh, we create a situation where we're actually making the problem worse. Much worse. Okay. What I'm going to do, I mean, if you come to me and say you're, the, you're an alcoholic and you need some help, I can work you through the spiritual helps that you're going to need as you pursue health and healing through people that are qualified to do that for you. Right. I can speak to part of this, but I can't get you better. Mental illness often requires a combination of medication and therapies. Okay? Right. I have I have a mentally ill family member. Okay. And for everyone involved, it's a massive trial. It's difficult a lot of the time. It can't be prayed away. It can't be uh, read away. You know, I've got uh, probably close to 50 Bibles. (laughs) Mm. Uh, And so far, none of them have. This person needs therapy. Right. And they need medication. Mm -hmm. And they need a spiritual foundation that they can handle all of these other things, plus the difficulty of life for them. Okay, because as hard as it is on friends and family, it's harder for the person that's walking through with this affliction. Okay. So I know where my authority ends in this situation. I know when the psychiatrist knows better than I do. 
Right. I know when the psychologist knows better than I do. Right. And I stay out of those areas. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. That's called common sense. But unfortunately, what we're finding more and more of is it's some folks think that they have what you said. They have their uh, this amazing knowledge of all things, self-imputed, of course. And that's a bad thing, and it's a dangerous thing. Well, that's dangerous. It's absurd. I, I was going through because this, you know, John Piper put out this tweet from Desiring God, and I was looking to see if he'd offered a retraction or an apology. And I'm looking at all of the other um, articles that they put out over that span of a couple of days. And the article for the, for that day was uh, on how to cure sexual fetishes. <laughs> like he would know. Uh, um, Maybe he does. Who knows? Okay, that's 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 different. Um, do you know this from personal experience? Do do you have you read up on it? How how do you do that? I mean, I, yeah. I, it just, <laughs> I I don't get it. Yeah, but, but you know what? They don't come out and do this on their own, though. You know, they have their congregations actually elevate them to a different level. And therein lies the problem. Is people want to accept that these people who are in the pulpit representing the Word of God, giving out the Word of God, you know, um, administering the sacraments in, in sacramental churches, somehow have authority beyond what they're doing. And it, whether the, the pastors involved are uh, consciously seeking after that authority or not, the congregation's all too willing to give it to them. Right, of course. And that's, that's not what it's about. See, that's why, short of pedophilia with a member of the same sex— these guys can shake off scandals very easy because their worshipers elevated them to God. God would never do that. And if you call them out, it's going to be you that suffers and not the person who is inflicting all the damage. Oh, it's rank idolatry. Uh, <clears throat> but let me tell you, Damn. In, the, in the last couple of days, I've seen this full force. Um as you're aware, the listeners may be aware, I did a couple uh, articles on Bob Coy where he's accused of um, sexual abuse of children. Oh, man. And the response to that, uh, one guy has what he calls a radio network, an internet radio network. Okay. Where he spent 20 minutes just calling me out. Really? How dare I? How dare I? I obviously don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know, you know, how dare I stop this, this great man of God from doing good again? Somebody ought to put him underneath the jail. It's unbelievable to me. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. It's because responsible people aren't talking about what really happened. You know, there's a degree to which we can't talk about what really happened because right. we're 
you know, we've got a victim to protect here. Well, that's what I mean, because we're responsible about it. But we've given enough information out that a reasonable person would go, there, there's a problem here, and there's a big problem here. Yeah, but when you've and, elevated this pastor, Michael, to God status, that reason has already flown out the window. Exactly. And it's been the case. Every time we, we've written about a scandal um, on the blog— it's been 50-50 who the devil is, the person <laughs> we're well, accusing or me. I think it's more like 30-70 sometimes. Sometimes. You get smashed pretty regularly. Yeah, and, and it's, it's extremely disheartening. And it goes back to, we don't even have a fundamental understanding of what church is for, what pastors are supposed to do, what's outside their abilities— and I mean, there are some pastors who are trained in psychology. Sure, they're therapists. Of course, you know, they have they have they have the degrees. God bless them. They're able and to, they're licensed too. Yes, and they they can combine um, their abilities and and what they've learned in these different areas to be very helpful. Most of us haven't. Most of us haven't, and. We, we live in troubling times where there's a lot of things that are leading people into depression, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we have organic illnesses that uh, I, we didn't really deal with 40 years ago, 50 years right. ago. They certainly didn't deal with them back when the Bible was written either. No, and there, there's a certain, you know, you wonder sometimes how much of this— um, how much of what was attributed to demons was actually organic issues with health, mental health? I would say more than likely a lot of them. And these are complex. Uh, when you're treating someone with uh, mental illness, you're not just treating them, you're treating their family. and uh, it's, it's, it's beyond the scope of my abilities. Right. And... As I said in the article, I mean, I have a hard enough time just doing what I'm supposed to do. Well, that's true. You know, though, on the flip side, there are biblical responses to many things, and I think a pastor's job is to use that, but I don't think he should use the Bible to treat you. No. There are times when, if you're in obvious sin, we need to call that out. Yes. Okay? We need to, we need to call that out. If you're having issues uh, about, and a lot of people do, you know, how does God really feel about me? Does God love me, or does God just tolerate me? Um, how 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 is my relationship with Him? What affects my relationship with Him? It's you know those those kind of questions can affect our mental health. Right. And those those are the kind of questions I can address. Of course you can. That's the job. That's your job. And but you exactly. know But you know something though, when these folks tell these guys all you need is Jesus, it's interesting that Paul told Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach. He didn't say all you need is Jesus. No. But these celebrity pastors don't want you to know that. It's probably taken out of their books that they write. Well, a lot of it, a lot of what passes for Christian counseling is simply, 
a lot of nonsense to promote, you know, to continue to promote the idea uh, of the pastor as the fount of all knowledge. We're not. And, and I, I refuse to uh, take that responsibility. Uh, I, I have people, I, I know who the best psychiatrist in town is. Right. I, I know who the best therapists are. And I send people to them. And sometimes if we have uh, the, the money available, the church even has helped pay for this. But I don't do it myself. You know what else, too, is that a scoundrel can hide behind Christian counseling to do whatever he wants. and Including have, hooking up with people's wives yes. or husbands in some case. And, and we have a lot of that documented, as you well know. Oh, yes. But the, the, the one thing that I, I just want to make sure that we get across is that mental illness is often an organic illness, just like diabetes, uh, like heart problems, whatever. It's an organic situation where, where the chemicals in the brain, the brain itself is not functioning in the way it was created to function. And just like uh, I take medicine every morning and every night for my heart, mm -hmm. there are people that need to take medicine every morning and every night for their brain. And that's, <clears throat> that's exactly right. And, and for someone, an untrained clergy member who might not even have biblical training to tell you that you don't need those things, and that's irresponsible and dangerous. It's extremely dangerous. I mean, I, I'm sitting here in front of the computer. In front of the computer are all the medications I take every day. Uh, I'm sure you take a lot of things we shouldn't know about, too. Well, I, just, I, I basically have to make sure that uh, my heart's beating properly, uh, that my blood pressure's down, uh, and I have medications that I take that make sure that, that that's the case. In the with the blog that you run, I would think you'd have to take a double dose of that. Yeah, it's gone up over the years. I am sure. But the, the point is, is that even though I take all these medications, none of these medications are a reflection of how God feels about me. Right. God doesn't love me less because I've got heart problems. God doesn't Correct. love me less because I've got blood pressure problems. God doesn't love me less because of all this other stuff I have to take. God loves me, and in his love for me, uh, we live in a time when I have these medications available to me. And so in the providence of God, these medications are an expression of love so that I can continue to be and do what I'm called to do. And if you need to take medication because of mental illness or depression, et cetera, et cetera, uh, sometimes those medications are a reflection, not that God's angry at you, but that he loves you. And you're living in a time when we have these things available to us, along with, with uh, your pastor giving you spiritual counseling guidance, 
along with your psychologist, your psychiatrist, you are beloved by God, and your mental or physical health isn't a reflection uh, that God isn't loving you every day, all day long. And that's the role of a pastor. For Pastor Michael Noonan, I'm Phil Nasons. Thanks for listening to Calvin's Corner. <laughs>